Today on Locked On Canadians, we're going to talk about how long it's going to take for the Canadians to become a Stanley Cup contender again. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to episode 567. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. My name is Laura Sab. I'm one of your regular hosts, also known as the Active Stick, and my co-host is in COVID protocol. So everybody wish Scott a quick recovery. Um, obviously, whenever we have one of our co-hosts is out, our for like the first person we always think of to help us co-host is special guest co-host Ian Boisvert. You've heard him on the show if you've listened enough. Uh, he's been on regularly. Ian, thank you so much for stepping in for Scott and tell us, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's nice to be up from the taxi squad. Um, it's, <laughs> Scott, if you're listening, I hope you are. I hope you feel better. Um, this is no fun, but I, I get to talk to Laura, so that's pretty cool, I guess. It's awesome. I'm so excited because one of the things, if you listen a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Ian has a new podcast called The Build. Um, and we wanted to talk to, to Ian today to kind of talk about what's the podcast about, why you should subscribe. And later on in the show, what we are going to do is we're going to try and, and think about, you know, what kind of uh, obstacles there might be on the way for the Canadians to contend for a cup again. And uh, we're going to talk about how soon we think uh, the Canadians can contend again. So let's start real quick with the basics. What is the build? I've already listened to, I think there's three episodes out now, or is there a fourth? I want to say there's, there was three. Yeah, three. I actually recorded episode four right before jumping on with you. So episode four is out while you're listening to this. So Ooh, once awesome. you finish up here, go jump onto that one. Um, episode four is all about coaching. I tried to figure out, um, I, I did a little bit of research into coaching, but more as you know, a, a holistic approach for the podcast is um I kind of wanted to catalog this entire administration from the beginning until whenever they win. The, you know, the goal of any front office, any coach, any player is to win a Stanley Cup. So the build, this team is done building when they have won a Stanley Cup. So the gimmick behind the show is that once they win a Stanley Cup, I'll throw a little bit of a party and then the podcast disappears. That's it. It's over. Um, so you know, who knows how long that takes. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping a decent amount of time because I'm having a lot of fun recording it. It's, um, it's really nice to sit down and research one topic for, for a week and figure out, you know, try to pick things apart. Um, you know, the first few episodes, I kind of looked back at the old administration, tried to pick apart what they did right, what they did wrong, what state they left the team in. Um, I did, I think it was episode two was all about Kent Hughes and Jeff Gorton, where they came from, what we can sort of come to expect from the moves that they'll make. Episode three was just a grab bag of different topics because Cole Caulfield suddenly started lighting the world on fire again. And I thought it was important to kind of put that into context. Um, and then the last episode, which I just recorded, episode four, is all about coaching. I tried to teach myself a little bit about how, you know, structure works within a hockey team, how systems work. Um, what Dom Ducharme did well, what he didn't do well, why why it ultimately failed, and what more more along the lines of what Martin Saint Louis has said so far, because we don't have a lot to go by as far as like a field of evidence in front of us. Um, but 
it's just it's been a lot of fun. You know, I'm I'm open to suggestions. If people have any ideas or questions that they want to hear me talk about, I'm I'm more than more than happy to help with that. But um, yeah, it's just it's been a loads of fun. If you want to listen, where it's available everywhere you find podcasts, um, it's probably available alongside this. Where's the where's the algorithm for this appearing underneath this episode wherever you listen to it? <laughs> Well, you can always comment and post a link and we won't mind. Um, but yeah, so I do encourage people to check out the build. One of the things that I do like about it, and obviously it's only been three episodes um, and uh, the fourth is coming out tomorrow. That's, that was the thing is that I, I, I got a chance to listen uh, to all of them, except this morning. I didn't check. I was like, I should check if there's a new episode. And then my day got away from me and I was like, oh no, I'm going to be such a bad host. You're good. Um, but the one thing that I do like is that there's a lot of things that are going on right now. I mean, as we say on our on our on our Twitter account, and as I've been saying to my friends, you know, it's really fun to be a Habs fan again. You know, we have this like blip. We had that amazing Stanley Cup run um, that was fun, but this seems almost more fun because this seems more sustainable. So there's obviously topics going on like the resurgence of Cole Caulfield, the absolute like the quiet but dominant emergence of of Nick Suzuki and things like that. But I also like how you look back at certain things and I'm assuming as time goes on there's going to be more and more historical things that you're going to be revisiting which is going to be really fun for people who are new fans I know on this show um, we have a lot of people who are new Habs fans that are kind of like sometimes they don't remember some of the references that we're talking about they didn't experience that back with us I know when, when you were talking about how long you've been a Habs fan I remember that exact game that you were talking about in that in that in that first episode um, because I was watching it and throwing things at my television <laughs> uh, but you know a whole bunch of people will be like what do you mean that my Ryder, uh, Michael Ryder hat trick and then you know that like the, the Toronto Maple Leafs celebrating and then the Islanders kind of kicking them out of the playoff contention and, yeah. and all of that I remember all of that but a lot of people don't get to experience that so I that's what I like about podcasts like yours where you can like do a deep dive you can speak to what we're experiencing right now as fans and then you can kind of contextualize it and and bring it back and and sometimes I feel like um, you discover things the same at the same time as we're discovering them. We're discovering them through you, but it's something that you learned um, as well, like fresh. So I'm really, really excited to see where this goes. And before we get into, you know, what what could prevent the Canadians from contending very soon, I want to ask you one important question. What happens if the Canadians do become good, like this administration does become successful in improving the team, but they don't win a Stanley Cup for like 30 years? Are you going to keep doing the podcast for 30 years? Or are you going to hand it off to somebody? Is it going to be one of those things? <laughs> I think I think it's one of those things I'm going to have to see through to the end. Um, it's weird to think about where the podcasting you know, just the concept behind it will be in 30 years. Are we podcasting in VR? Are we like, <laughs> like, is it still just microphone screen? If the screen is even involved at that point. So I think it, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. I know they're not winning a cup anytime soon. Um, but you know, that, that sort of thing is exciting to me. I want to see, I want to have a body of work that shows like I've taken in all of this information. It's all in one place that you can go and look back at the Kent Hughes, Jeff Gorton administration all the way through. And who knows, like, I, I, I doubt if they haven't won a cup in 30 years that those two are still around. So, you know, <laughs> it's it's really just the, the last time they went to a cup final through when they actually win one. So it's a little bit of a redemption arc in that sense. Um, but it's going to take a, I think it's going to take a while. 
And we're going to talk a little bit about how long it's going to take a lot later in the show. First, what we're going to talk about is what obstacles could be preventing the Canadians from uh, coming back to contention. And that's happening in just one moment. But first, football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage information. Well, the Olympics are over, but all kinds of sports are being covered on Bet Online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. And so we've been having a lot of fun talking about uh, Ian's new podcast called The Build. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. But I do want to bring up something. We always like to do, um, you know, we always like to have people share their opinions on what they think is going to happen, what they think of the current team and things like that. I think this is a really interesting opportunity to talk about what kinds of things could prevent the Canadians from getting back to contention in short order. I think, you know, they're on the right track right now with having uh, a relatively high lottery draft pick. I mean, no matter how well they do for the rest of the season, they're still going to be in the, the NHL draft lottery. They're, they're, they're likely to get a really good pick. Um, and then they've got right now, and obviously it's very early, you've got Marty San Louis, who is getting rave reviews from everybody, from the players, from the media, from the fans, because of how he's been able to turn around what seemed like a completely lost season. So they're on the right track. Like the first couple of days, the first couple of weeks, the first couple of months of this administration is really, uh, it's showing, uh, I guess, I want to say positive signs. I don't necessarily want to go ahead and call it and say, yes, they've turned everything around and they're going to get back to contention, but it looks good. But at the same time, there's also a possibility that they don't contend and all of, you know, all the optimism we're feeling right now ends up being a giant disappointment at the end. So I wanted to ask you what you thought could get in the way of the positive, of the improvement. Let's just say like, you know, they're on track for improvement. What could get in the way? I think it really depends on what your goal for um, this team is. If the goal is to get back to competing as fast as possible, um, you know, like, are are we trying to, are we retooling instead of rebuilding, which I know Pierre Lebrun has talked about. That's sort of where he thinks the Canadians are headed. Um, if your goal is to just get back as soon as possible, I mean, they're going to try to sign some free agents. They're going to try to flip some dead contracts for, you know, actual value. You could probably get back to competing in the, in a play for a playoff spot. And then going on a deep run in the playoffs in like three, four years, if you want to really tear it down, it's probably going to take five at the absolute minimum. So it really depends on what you want what I think the Canadians are going to try to do. And I know it's disappointing is I feel a retool happening Um, just the way that they've talked about Kent Hughes wanting to sign um, free agents, like be making a splash in the free agent pool at the same time that like Johnny Goudreau is available. Um, A guy like John Klingberg is available and Petrie might be moving out the door this summer. Anyway, it'd be a a reasonable replacement for him. Um, You know, I, I, I'm cautioned at the idea that, you know, this team needs a rebuild or needs a retool. 
I'm encouraged by everything that we've seen, though. Like, that's the word that I'm using is it's encouraging to see not only the team play well right now, but the parts that will be here for a while are playing well. Cole Caulfield is going to be on this team for a while. He's playing really well. Nick Suzuki, the same thing. He's been dominant. It's been really fun to watch him have a resurgence of sorts. Um, but also guys like Brett Kulak has been very quietly one of Montreal's best defensemen over the last little while. Um, there's going to be a real conversation coming up as to whether or not they keep him or dish him at the deadline for somebody else. A decision like that might give you an indication as to whether or not the Canadians are trying to compete now or you know, if they're dishing him, if they're trading him, he it's likely they don't think they're going to be competitive in the time that they would sign him. I think for me, it's it's exactly what you said. It, it depends on what their goals are. And it looks to me like, you know, and, and I don't necessarily blame them because, you know, it, it has been a long pandemic and all the NHL teams, including like, you know, like literally everyone, including the Rangers, which are the, you know, the NHL's richest team, have taken a financial hit because mm -hmm. of the pandemic, right? There's so much advertising money that they have to make good on. There's so much ticket revenue, gate revenue, concessions, you know, um, merchandise, all kinds of stuff that they want to make up for. So they want butts and seats. And that's something that is very, very important. It, it seems very, very important from all the reporting and the general speculation. You talked about LeBron, Arpen Boss was talked about it a little bit. It feels like Jeff Molson wants to sell tickets. But here's here's the thing where I feel like the the crux of it is you can still sell seats if you have an exciting young team that isn't necessarily contending for a cup, but is giving you an opportunity to enjoy something beautiful every night. I mean, I, I would pay money, right? There were times when we would pay money simply to see PK Subban. There were times when we would pay money just to see Carey Price, right? So you've yeah. got your Nick Suzuki now and your Cole Caulfield. If you can keep those guys, I would even pay money for Romanov two years from now. You know what I mean? Like if you have an exciting young team, that may not contend for the Stanley Cup, but it's going to be a bubble team and it's going to come down to the wire, but not like abysmally like before, but more in the exciting, um, you know, will they, won't they format. I think that's a positive. So you can kind of get away with longer retooling. There's, It's definitely not going to be a teardown. From everything that they've yeah. said, they, they don't want to do a teardown, which is fair. Like they've got some key pieces that they like. And it, it's a lot of work to do a teardown, especially when you're up against the cap. You can't just get rid of players. You need to shed that salary cap as well. So mm -hmm. I do think that, you know, that retooling isn't necessarily a bad word. As far as obstacles go, though, it's like, is it about making money, just simply making money no matter what, at whatever cost? Then you're going to be mired in the same mediocrity that you have been for the last 15 years. But if you want to try and sell as many seats by selling a person, a player, yeah. a matchup, you know, you, your marketing team is going to have to work overtime, but then that gives you the opportunity to have a couple of more years where you're not going to be that great, but people are still going to be paying for the tickets. People are still going to be tuning in. You know, your advertiser dollars are still going to be coming in. So I think to me, it's like it's 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 whether money is the only goal or money is one of the primary goals. I think that's one. The other thing, too, is that I think that something that they have in their favor, which we are going to talk a little bit about in our last segment, but something that they have in their favor is that they seem to have accepted 
that you have to modernize. And that's something that a lot of sports franchises, and especially in the NHL, people have trouble doing. We talk about it a lot on this show. We've talked about it on other shows, Scott and myself. You see it all the time. Like people who who talk about the game and they're like, you can't win today by playing yesterday's hockey. It's just not going to work. It worked before. Like 80s hockey worked great in the 80s. It didn't, you know, like 2000s hockey, maybe it wasn't as fun to watch, but it worked in the 2000s, right? Like the trap game era, all of that kind of stuff. Right now it's 2022 and teams like Tampa Bay are winning with modern smart um, hockey people with tools at their disposal, using everything that they possibly can. The Canadians need to step up and modernize. And that's something that they seem to be willing to do, which is a very positive sign. I think one other obstacle to me um, with the Canadians that might get in the way is the target on their back. Like at some point when you become a good team, other teams are going to stop willing to help you. I don't know how Vegas did it for so long, but (laughs) they're slowly getting to a point where other teams are not willing to help them. Right. Mark Bergevin had a great relationship with Buffalo. There was a lot of like, uh, you know, discards that he sent over there or did favors for it. Like that's not happening anymore. You know, there are a lot of teams right now that don't, they don't want to help Tampa out. Right. Like they stopped wanting to help Vegas out. So you've got like a situation where you've got people that you're competing with that could help you succeed either by trading you a player, by doing your money laundering for you, Um, you know, things like that, that like those kinds of things could get in the way. Those are external factors. But the lucky thing is that it doesn't count as much as what this team does. Like if you can't trade for the best players because other people aren't trading for you, then you you build your development team and you take your young stars and you make them into stars, right? You don't skimp on development. You don't allow all of these promising prospects to just flounder and become like either career third liners or career AHLers. You can do a lot. You can up upgrade your skills department, which the Canadians have started to do. You can put in an al- analytics department, which the Canadians are talking about doing. They haven't started yet. Uh, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's even just a skating coach. You know, we talk so much about how Toronto's strength is their speed, right? They started out with these fast skilled players and then they brought in literal figure skaters to teach them how to skate better, you know, and it's hard to catch them on the ice, right? It's, there's so many things like that, that the Canadians can do that can speed up uh, that can speed things up but i think the number one obstacle to them succeeding long term is how long they're willing to wait for success by sacrificing just a few dollars and you know yeah like there's so many figures that get thrown around like playoff games one playoff game makes jeff molson eight million dollars or whatever i don't even know what it is anymore there's so many millions of dollars that you're 13 million i have no idea right But playoff games, they bring in a lot of money for the Canadians. And so if you're willing to wait a couple years of like one playoff round for multiple years of three playoff rounds, like I'm willing to make that sacrifice. I don't know if Jeff Molson is. So I feel like there's like a little bit of um, there's a little bit of room for interpretation as to whether making money is the only goal or long term money is, I guess, more more important to them. Yeah, you know what makes a lot of money? Stanley Cup champion t-shirts. <laughs> like that's that you know, you can make you can make a ton of money by building a winning team. Like they're not uh, these ideas that money and winning have to be antitheses to each other. I I think is is just built solely around the concept of a rebuild. The one concept that you've mentioned there that that is interesting to me is the the general managers helping each other out. I wonder how much of Kent Hughes's background as an agent serves him better in that in that spot because he's not only asking for general managers to help him out 
to throw him a landline, but he's also probably got some buddies that are agents of very popular players who could, you know, throw him a throw him a bone every once in a while. Um, you know, get, maybe get him an interview with a client that he might not have gotten otherwise. So, you know, there's there's ways that the Canadians can be creative and still be effective. That's one of the things that I want to cover a lot on my show is is figuring out how they can flex their financial, you know, fortitude over a lot of these other teams and and do it in creative ways. Like you mentioned, the analytics department, skills coaching is huge. They don't have any skills coaches, which I think is still just bananas that they never hired one skills coach. Um, so, yeah, I'm completely on board with with everything you said. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate those obstacles. And I think that's going to really determine the success of this um of this administration not so much how fast they get there but we have to see signs that it's working soon yes i agree and one more thing uh just to just to finish up on that point is that jeff gorton as well is known as a relationship builder he's somebody that people tend to like um probably because he's pretty transparent he's not going to stab you in the back so that's another positive but what are we going to talk about in our final segment we're going to answer the question we really want answered is what do we think or how long do we think it's going to take for the Canadians to get back into Stanley Cup contention not just playoffs but Stanley Cup contention and that's coming up in just one moment but first I'm going to remind everybody that you don't want to be going to a chain store for things that you need for your car because you don't want to overpay and you don't want to be limited in stock if you need parts or accessories for your car go to rockauto.com rockauto.com is so easy to use. You literally can just pull your phone out of your pocket right, right now and start looking for car parts and accessories. I did it myself. I had, uh, I think it's an oxygen sensor. I couldn't really understand why my engine needs an oxygen sensor, but just before the holidays, you know, really, really high pressure time, my check engine light went on. I went to get it checked out and the piece that I was quoted literally turned out to be almost four times the price I ended up paying by ordering it off rockauto.com. The prices there are always reliably low and the selection is amazing and the drop-down catalog is so easy to use. They have every car, make, model, and year, no matter how old, classic, or how new it is. Just go to rockauto.com, find your car's make, model, year, and you'll see all the parts that are available. You can even choose your own price. And like I said, all the prices are reliably low. You're not limited at all in any way. You're not being overcharged. And the best part is it gets delivered directly to your door. It is the easiest way to get any part or accessory for your car. So what you're going to do now is the next time you need anything for your car, you're going to go to rockauto.com and you're not going to forget to put locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they'll know we sent you and you're going to be happy and save lots of money like I did. It's like a huge weight off your soul, off your shoulders. Um, so go to rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car could ever need. rockauto.com. All right. Speaking of parts you could need, um, the Canadians are a few parts away from contending. Uh, the Right now, what we're expecting is that they're probably going to finish second or third overall. You know, if Martin Saint-Louis keeps winning, I think uh, Seattle is pretty clear of them in the standing. So it's going to be pretty hard for them to finish uh, any, any, I guess, any higher than 30th. I'm thinking, I'm thinking 31st, yeah. right? Like Arizona's pretty much resigned themselves or they're purposely a hope, a hopeless case. They're doing it on purpose. Whereas the Canadians are trying to instill better habits and things like that. And with that comes winning. Luckily they put themselves in such a hole that they are, they're guaranteed a lottery draft pick. 
Um, they could get Shane Wright. You know, it's not the end of the world if they come in 31st because they could still get a, they have a pretty decent shot at first overall. Um, or they could get one of the many other uh, really promising players that Tony Ferrari discussed on our show last week. So go check that out. Um, you'll find that wherever you get your podcast. Uh, and so there's a good chance as well in a deep draft like next year, the Canadians maybe want to get a high pick then as well. If they keep playing the way that they're playing now, that's going to be well out of reach. And they're probably going to start, they're going to pick in like the teens or maybe even um, in the early twenties. So they've got a lot of work to do. And I think the biggest question most people want answered is how long is it going to take for the Canadians to get back into Stanley cup contention, not get, make the playoffs Stanley cup contention. I think it will take a good four years at least. Yeah, that seems like a fair bet, especially just looking around the division and seeing when other teams might start to slow down a little bit. Um, you know, Boston, I don't think can stay Boston forever. I think they're kind of, they're still very good, but obviously still taking a step back. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a little more bullish on next season. I still think that they are not, you know, depending on what they add at the, at, you know, in free agency, I still think they're, a, a, a more than a few pieces away. Um, they won't have a number one defenseman next year. They won't have a number two defenseman next year. If Jeff Petrie's gone is, is Romanoff a good three? Like we're, we're running out of racetrack there um, up front. They probably look a little bit stronger, but depth down the middle still looks kind of rough next year. Um, I kind of like them to pick around eight, nine, 10 in next year's draft. And we know it's a, it's a very deep draft. You can get a really, really good player in in around that range. So then for me, you know, you you nail these next two drafts. That's when you start you sort of have to start seeing, you know, whoever they pick in this year's draft has to start really, you know, taking on an NHL role and and you know making real strides in their development. Um you're still just waiting on I'm still waiting to see what Kent Hughes' strategy is going to be. He's only made, he made two trades and one was for the Hamburglar. So mm -hmm. he's made, he's made like one trade. Um, I don't know what, what his evaluation of the market is. Um, I don't know what his free agent strategy is going to be, but four years sounds right. And, you know, for, to talk about competing for a Stanley cup, like you said, we're not just you know, to, to, to take the Brian Burke quote, like we're not trying to just get in as the eighth, eighth seed and get our butts kicked in the first round. You know, I, I think for them to be considered like truly contenders, they have to at least like finish t second in the division. You have to have home ice in the first round, you'd think. Um, and then from there, like we have to see them adapt their play to the playoff style of hockey, which we know is sort of a different beast entirely. Um, you know, give Mark Bergevin's teams credit. They struggled in the regular season because it's a long slog. They don't, they, you know, you're playing a different team every night. The matchups aren't the same, but when they got in the playoffs, the focus was there. You know, that team always overperformed in the playoffs from, you know, the time they were in the bubble to obviously the season after that, like they just, when they got in, they had a real chance to make noise. Um, at the same time, that's not the barometer that we want to have for success moving forward. We really want them to, I don't want them to build a team and get there fast. I want them to build a team and get there right. Do the right thing. You know, build a team that is not good for just the 2020s, but maybe into the 2030s. Like we're looking, you have to have a much wider scope for what success is when it comes to this franchise. 
I think um, a couple of benchmark teams that I would look at in a positive way and a negative way. I think the Tampa Bay Lightning, it took them a while, right? They had those years where they were really good and they made a lot yeah. of noise, but they were a little bit short. And then you you come to the last three years and you look at this team and it's just wave after wave of good players, good defensemen, good goaltending. You know, you you can decimate any team or contain. That's Decimate sounds very violent. You can contain. <laughs> Um, any team's top line in the playoffs, you put together the right strategy, you can contain line one, you can contain their superstar, you know, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, they're always wearing other players wherever they skate on the ice, usually two or three other players, right? You can do that. You can hold somebody off a score sheet, but you hold those people off the score sheet and then you have to hold off the second line. And then their third line is scoring goals on you because the third line on your team could be a first line on any other team. That's where you're in trouble. You know, you've got your like superstar defenseman, Victor Hedman, the best defenseman in the NHL playing today. And you're kind of, you know, you get around him and then they've got solid second pair, third pair. You can't, and then after all of that, you also have the number one goaltender in the world. Yeah. And I think part of that um, sort of it follows from each other, right? Like often really good defensemen, the goaltender ends up having the best stats in the world or the other way around, right? Like there's always yeah. there's always that. But if you have so much depth where teams just they they can't overcome that they can combat that but they can't overcome that so you can beat a team like you like Edmonton you can beat a team like Toronto and so those are the I, I guess with the benchmark teams in the opposite direction I, I would say something like Toronto or Edmonton where they have superstars they have legitimately some of the best players up front like in the league currently playing in the world like there's debate right now is Austin Matthews one of the best players in the world right now it's possible yes you yeah. know, Connor McDavid, undisputed best player in the world. They have that. And then behind that, what do they got? They got a bad defense and bad goaltending. So what do you end up with? Not a Stanley Cup, right? right? First round exits. That's what you end up with. You do not want that. So you got a team that's so exciting to watch in the regular season because you've got your superstars padding their stats and breaking records, shattering records sometimes. And you go to the playoffs and a team that's inferior to you can beat you. And that's what you don't want from the Canadians. I think it's pretty easy for the Canadians to get to a one round kind of playoff team like next year. They could do it next year if they wanted to. Sure. That's if they not spend what I if, want. if they spend their money right in the off season, yeah, they could. But like you like, is that what we want? Like no. you you're you're going to get what you pay for. You know, if you go out there and you spend a lot of money in this offseason, like I said earlier, on Johnny Gaudreau or Klingberg or I you know, the, the rest of the free agent crop, you can make the playoffs next year. And then the rest after that becomes a really big question mark because you probably ended up selling off a little bit in order to make it there. Um, and also, I like how you got through that whole segment on Tampa Bay without mentioning 15 goal scorer Corey Perry. <laughs> we don't talk about Corey Perry anymore. That was a phase in my life that I'm ashamed of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we do miss Corey Perry. You know what? I would like to see Corey Perry come back and be like like an assistant coach or something, or be like yeah. the psych like the psychologist for for players like Nick Suzuki and and Cole Caulfield who love him. Yeah. Um, I like that was something that I would never have expected from him. But we are running out of time, so Ian, <laughs> I am going to ask you uh, where can people find you and your work? Uh, I'm on Twitter at maybe it's Ian. Uh, at Rabbit Habs for the blog, both those accounts will tweet out episodes of the build when they come out. There's one. There's a new one out right now. You can go listen to it. I'm trying to keep myself to under an hour. Uh, it's a little <laughs> bit of a challenge right now, but we're we're buzzing through it. Um, I think that's it. The build available everywhere you find podcasts. 
And you can also find us wherever you find podcasts. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube when we get to 500. I have to eat something gross on video and post it on the YouTube channel. Um, so please go ahead and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You will find myself on Twitter at The Active Stick. You'll find my currently sidelined by COVID uh, co-host Scott at Scott Matla. Uh, he should be back in the next couple of days. But just in case, I have lined up another special guest for our next episode. So you really don't want to miss that. Thank you so much for listening. And if you liked this podcast, please check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey, available wherever you get your podcasts.